From a studio high above the clouds of the Okanagan Valley, this is the Cannabis Podcast. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. Now, here's your host and bud tender, Gary Johnston. And let me say welcome back once more to the Cannabis Podcast. If this happens to be the very first time you visited, well, an especially warm welcome. For the next 30 or 40 minutes or so, you're going to find a bunch of information about cannabis, a plant that I happen to love. (laughs) It plays a big part in my life. I'm glad you're here. Let me remind you before we get started, this program is intended for those 19 or older in your jurisdiction and is intended primarily for entertainment purposes. You should always consume your cannabis responsibly. And in this episode, we have a plethora of stories that we're going to be talking about. It is 2023. That means it's time to look back at 2022. We're going to cover off the ADCAN Awards. The ADCAN Awards are going to be awarded next week at Lift & Co.'s conference happening in Vancouver, which unfortunately I'm not going to be able to go to. It's going to be a blast, I'm sure, for those who get to do it. But we'll tell you all of the awards that are up for next week. We're going to talk about the fact that the Supreme Court has approved the sale of Valance to Sundial. We'll touch on that. There is an initiative started by the Teapot brand from Boston Beer Company, and we spoke with Paul Weaver way back in episode 99 about Teapot. And they have now launched an initiative along with the Peace Collective where you can help and contribute to stop the stigma. I bought my T-shirt. You can see the link in the show notes if you want to pick up yours. We'll talk a little about that as well. And again, because this is 2023, it's time for another BC Cannabis Summit. That's happening in April this year again here at the Hotel El Dorado here in Kelowna. Got my ticket. All ready for that. Excited about that too. And believe it or not, there's a story about Amsterdam perhaps losing its title as the cannabis capital of the world. Plus, on Cultivar Corner today, a product that I can't believe I have not touched before. Whistler Cannabis Company, and we are doing their BC White Grape on Cultivar Corner today. All of that and more on episode 114 of the Cannabis Podcast. It's a funny thing in this podcast world. You never really know where the audience is or or where they're coming from or how they found out about you. And that's probably the most intriguing question, especially over this last week as the holidays approached. There were some typical standard numbers for the number of downloads that we would see for the Cannabis Podcast on a daily or weekly basis. And for some reason... Somebody must have mentioned something in some forum somewhere, (laughs) because over the holidays, it just blossomed, bloomed. Really, really nice to see. Thank you so much. Welcome aboard. If you're one of those who has recently discovered the podcast, thank you for, for discovering it. I'd love to hear how you did. I'm always curious as to where these little spikes come from, because in the past, I found that, you know, somebody has dropped a note on, on a Reddit discussion board or on Twitter or whatever the case is, and suddenly there's a new group of listeners. Regardless of how you got here, I'm really happy that you are here. And thank you so much for being a listener of the Cannabis Podcast. I appreciate your support. You've heard me talk about stigma many times on the Cannabis Podcast. It is something that is near and dear to my heart and something that I feel very, very passionate about. It infuriates me is the best word for it. When I see some of the stigma that is still out there in regards to cannabis in comparison to other inebrians. Is that a word? Well, it is now. (laughs) What I'm rambling about is something that I discovered. I was notified by it uh, by the folks at Teapot. 
Back in episode 99, I spoke with Paul Weaver of the Boston Beer Company, and he talked about their new introduction of infused cannabis beverages, the teapot line, one of which was going to be infused with Pedro's Sweet Sativa in a black tea, um, iced tea. Delicious idea. Haven't still had a chance to try it, but I have had a chance to get on board with this new initiative that they have become. One of the things that has always been a concern ever since legalization in Canada happened was all of those people who suffered from getting busted and having a court record of previous cannabis convictions, whatever that was for, whether it was possession, whether it was dealing, regardless of that. The government still hasn't dealt with that, which was one of the things we were hoping they would do. But in order to, I guess, instill some more excitement into this idea of carrying on along helping those people who still have those records, and let's get all those records expunged. This is in cooperation, in collaboration with At Drink Teapot. The Peace Collective has released a limited capsule of 100% of the net proceeds going to At Pardons Canada Help Canadians Looking to Clear Their Records. That is a great idea. And I have heard it costs a fair chunk of money to clear your record, so... It's difficult for some people to obtain those kind of funds. So this is an initiative dedicated to trying to help those people who want to get their records expunged, cannot afford it. And I am so behind this. This is a fabulous idea. And the merchandise is pretty cool, too. I picked up the T-shirt, the white, bright T-shirt, and that logo, the way that it stands. So it's in a bright yellow, stop the stigma in a circle around a beautiful dark green marijuana leaf. And I am going to be wearing that shirt proudly to many, many events uh, over the course of this year because I think it's something that we should all encourage. We have to help stop the stigma and help those who need to get rid of those records through Pardons Canada to be able to afford to do so. So I put the link in the show notes. If you want to help, that would be fabulous as well. Or perhaps you just want to go and take a look. There's some pretty cool gear there. From the cannabis-infused studio in the clouds, this is the Cannabis Podcast. One of the things that is happening next week in Vancouver is Lift & Co., their 2023 Cannabis Expo. And as part of all of those festivities, the AdCan Awards are going to be awarded. And I wanted to touch on one of the categories in the AdCan Awards and let you know who the finalists are. And next week, we'll know who the winners are. In the past few years, the Canadian cannabis market has absolutely exploded with new products, cultivars, innovations, and brands. Despite the overreaching restrictions on LPs placed by Health Canada, LPs have been able to build creative branding to communicate the values behind their flower and edibles, concentrates, and so on. While each bud tender and cannabis worker surely has their opinions on which LP brand is best, here's a look at the brands that stood out to the AdCan community in 2022. Tea God. Don't panic, it's organic. Tea God, also known as the Green Organic Dutchman, has been a staple of organic smokers since the start of the legal market. Tea God makes organic cannabis using living soil and puts their buds into unique glass jars that not only preserve freshness, but make the jar something you'd want to leave out on your counter. The Tea God brand doesn't only offer flour, also offering pre-rolls and biodegradable packaging, infused oils, and the only organic 520 cartridge available in Ontario. Tea God is so popular that they've expanded their offering with sister brands Ripple and Highly Dutch, ensuring consumers always have an organic option no matter what they want to consume. Boxhot Want a high that's out of this world? Look no farther than Boxhot. 
Originally making waves with their 1.2-gram 80 and OG cartridge, Vauxhaut has vastly expanded their brand's offering and image. Leaning into 90s nostalgia, the brand's website and packaging reflects a love for Tron and Vaporwave aesthetic. The brand is loud, fun, but most importantly contains a unique and authentic voice. Vauxhaut's roots will always be in concentrates, but now is offering a full lineup of 510 cartridges, loose concentrates, edibles, beverages, flour, and even infused blunts. Vauxhaut has set themselves apart from the competition with strong branding and even stronger concentrates. Black Market, BLK MKT. If you walk into your local dispensary and ask for the best flour available, there's a pretty good chance you'll be offered Black Market. And we consider Black Market to be local, since their office is just a few blocks away from the store. Avant's leading brand has made a name for itself across Canada due to being rare, sought-after genetics that are scrupulously cultivated, hang-dried, hand-trimmed, and never irradiated. With flour, pre-rolls, and blunts, Black Market has captured the attention of the Canadian connoisseur. Their amazing product is only elevated through their marketing. Keeping their brand simple and elegant, Avant lets Black Market's processes and quality take center stage. Part of this is placing the terpene information directly on the jar, something Black Market pioneered making waves last year. Black Market's glass jars have truly taken over the cannabis space in 2022. Royalty. Cannabis concentrates could be the most expensive category for a consumer. However, this brand has made waves for its affordable yet quality concentrates, so much so that this is their second year in a row nominated for LP Brand of the Year. And of course, we spoke with Bella Mitchell responsible for the marketing of the royalty brand on episode 112 of the Cannabis Podcast. Royalty is a brand under the lifest Canmart umbrella and seeks to change the way we look at the category through its collection of premium yet affordable concentrates. The regal branding, a crown and a deep purple color, on every bag gives consumers an idea of what's to come. With offerings of shatter, sugar wax, and live resin, they undercut the existing market while aiming to rise above the quality of their competitors. Consumers all agree royalty will have you feeling like royalty. Freedom Cannabis has come from the Alberta prairies to give Canada exactly what it needs. Originally making waves for their high-quality yet low-cost 28-gram offerings, Freedom has launched their Reserve line. Freedom Reserve promises over 2% terpenes and 30% THC on every jar, making it a go-to for experienced smokers looking for that first-time high. Freedom's also committed to making sure consumers can feel good not just about what they bought, but who they bought from. Freedom is committed to sustainability, investing in green initiatives such as solar energy for their facilities, water remediation, and 100% recyclable packaging. With Freedom on Canadian shelves, we are all free from bad cannabis. And there you go, your finalists for the LP Brand of the Year at the ANCAT Awards next week in Vancouver. Which one of those are you hoping for? THC, CBD, terpene profiles, what's in me? Oh, please explain to me. Go to our corner, go to our corner, oh yeah. Go to our corner, please explain this stuff to me. On Cultivar Corner today, we're doing a company that I honestly can't believe that I haven't reviewed yet. But I just spent a bit of time looking back through all of the episodes and realized that I have not yet done a Cultivar Corner 
on any Whistler cannabis product. It surprises me. I, I honestly thought that I had. <laughs> I've tried their product, but I guess I have not put it into a cultivar corner loop, but I'm changing that today. So Whistler Cannabis, let's talk a little bit about Whistler Cannabis. I am going to try their organic BC White Grape OG today. And if you are not familiar with Whistler Cannabis, well, let me tell you a little bit about them. This is from their website, which of course I have put a link in the show notes for. At Whistler Cannabis Company, we've been pioneering organic certified growing practices from our hometown of Whistler, British Columbia, since the day we sowed our first seeds. In 2014, our methodology was originally recognized, making us Canada's first official organic certified cannabis grower. Intrinsically linked to our organic certification is the growing medium we use. Our plants are growing in living soil, an active ecosystem established by combining abiotic and biotic components to form a complex living environment. Once established, living soil provides everything our plants need to protect themselves from disease and regulate their water consumption independently. Using living soil provides a natural cultivation medium that aligns with our organic values. In addition, its use also decreases our production waste because unlike conventional soil which gets depleted by cannabis quickly and requires regular replacement, a living soil ecosystem improves with age and gets stronger with every harvest it produces. So let's start talking about what that harvest is. This is BC Organic White Grape OG. And let me give you some on the cultivar. So this is from the heart of Whistler's premier growing region, Organic BC White Grape OG. This ultra-premium craft hybrid from our genetics team is a cross between the white and lemon OG genetics with a sweet ambrosial fragrance of sour grapes, tropical fruit, and pungent gas. And that seems like a good checkpoint for me. Mmm. Yeah, the sour grapes definitely coming through. So first of all, the glass jar... Really nice green glass from Whistler. Uh, sealed well. It was sealed well. I've noticed some of the cannabis we're picking up lately. The seals are not really tight on them. Uh, no such thing with Whistler. Really sealed well. And they describe the the strain here. Let me see. Ah, uh, here it is. So the white and lemon OG genetics with a sweet ambrosial fragrance of sour grapes, tropical fruit, and pungent gas. Organic BC White Grape OG is distinguished by sticky, arrow-headed flowers in vivid green hues. And that struck, struck me as just some slightly different language. Caused me to pull out my jeweler's loop and pull out one of these buds, and I can see what they're talking about when they say arrow-headed. Because it really does <laughs> look like the point of an arrow. Uh, and very vivid green. Let me pull out my jeweler's loop. And take a look. Oh, my, my, this one is vivid green. There's some dark patches, almost purpley. And some of those colors, lots of trichomes. Oh, very, very trichome rich. What do we see? Much amber? No, I don't see much amber. Seems to be mostly milky. But definitely some vivid greens there. And the aromas that burst out of the... The jar, do I have any further details in terms of my terpenes? That's the one disappointing thing I would suggest for Whistler Cannabis. Their jar has no details on any terpenes. The THC on what I'm smoking today is 24.3%, but no terps indicated on the jar, either the percentage of terps or what the terps are. 
And now, is this review going to give me any? And that's disappointing. What's also disappointing, if you actually go to the Whistler Cannabis website, they don't have anything on this cultivar. <laughs> Must be a brand new one for them, because they have not dealt in the details. So I cannot find terpenes for this anywhere. I will include this link back in the show notes. And again, in terms of the accuracy of it, I have no idea. This is from a site called Shopburb. And the only one that I have found that gives me some terpenes on this. And from the Shopburb site, it's telling me that, again, my appealing aroma notes are going to be sour grape, tropical fruit, and diesel. Mm, definitely pick up. There's definitely some diesel notes on the end of that one. Dominant terpenes of farnesine, limonene, and caryophylline. BC White Grape OG characterized by sticky, medium, large, arrowhead-shaped flowers. And that's really cool. They definitely are all kind of shaped like a little arrowhead. Vivid green tones with purple streaks. I noticed some of those. Lots of dark orange hairs and heavy trichome coverage inside and out. And I totally agree with that. And let's see how sticky they are. Well, they're pretty sticky. Now I think it's time we see how potent they are. <laughs> The THC sitting at 24.5%. And this is Whistler BC White Grape OG. Listed as a hybrid, leaning to a sativa, which is what I'm hoping for today. Actually doing this cultivar corner on the penultimate day of 2022. And looking for a bit of a rush, get some stuff done, got a big family dinner planned for tonight, get ready for that. Had a big dump of snowfall overnight, so we're going to have to go shovel some snow. I'd like to have some energy for that. <laughs> that will help. Okay, so the initial... Mm. Nice and smooth on the smoke. Watching the ash grow. Nice and white, drops off nicely. Nice, smooth, even smoke. Now let's see what it tastes like in the Crafty Plus. Oh yeah, then definitely some grape notes in there. Some of those diesel tones on the inhale. Definitely some of those diesel notes. On the exhale, exhale, a little bit of the fruitiness associated, I think, again, from the farnesine. Hmm. And what kind of high is this going to generate? As I say, I'm hoping for literally some sativa leaning. Oh, and there come the happy eyes. <laughs> I want a clear focus, and I think I'm going to get this. Mm. Oh, really tasty. And I still haven't figured out why it's been so long before I finally tried some Whistler cannabis on Cultivar Corner. I think that was a bit of a, a miss on my part. Uh, they do grow some really nice cannabis. It is, I guess perhaps this is one of the reasons why I have it. It is a bit more pricey than some of the other stuff. 
I guess because it's grown in living soil and all of those components, but hmm. Love the presentation in the jar. Those are some nice, sweet-looking buds. I love the presentation in my brain. There's the happy eyes that I've been waiting for. And am I getting that clear perception? Yeah. I'm looking for a nice little head high. Give me some focus. Give me some energy. And I can see that creeping in, or I can feel that creeping in now. Mmm. Why did we wait so long? <laughs> we'll have to be faster at picking up some of their other product. And just out of curiosity, seeing when this was packaged, this was packaged on September 23rd, and I am two days away from the end of the year, so that's within the last three months. And I guess it holds up because they sealed the jar really well. And there was a boost pack in there, too. Ah, there it is. Mm. I love the clarity. The clarity in my mind right now from this sativa, hybrid-leaning sativa. Uh, really nice and clear. Feeling a nice little buzz on this guy. I'm still not quite sure why it took me so long <laughs> to include Whistler in Cultivar Corner. But I've done it now, and I'm really happy I have. Ah, yes, this high has just continued to develop into a really nice head high. Lots of that focus, that creativity I'm feeling right now. I just got to do some stuff and, <laughs> and get it done. I'm loving it. Whistler Cannabis Organic Cannabis BC White Grape OG THC 24.5%. Mm, definitely doing a good job in Whistler. Sharing stories about good weed while trying good weed. This is the Cannabis Podcast. And we go to theokanaganz.com. Thanks again to my friend David Wiley for the next story. This is an update. The Superior Court has approved Valen's sundial deal. The Ontario Superior Court of Justice has granted a final order approving the acquisition of the Valens Company by Sundial, SNDL. The all-stock deal is worth $138 million. It is not yet closed, but is expected to this month. The BC Cannabis Summit. It had its debut last year, started on April 20th. The calendar was perfect last year. It was a fabulous event hosted by the BC Craft Farmers Co-op and at that time uh, Acres, but now it is the Retail Cannabis Council of Canada, or rather the Retail Cannabis Council of British Columbia. And guess what? The Cannabis Summit is back for 2023. Roll it up, hash it out in Kelowna. The BC Cannabis Summit is happening once again. It's happening Friday, April 21st, Saturday the 22nd, and Sunday the 23rd at the Hotel El Dorado. The link to the summit you can find in the show notes page. And got my ticket. Bought it before the end of the year because it was a premium price. The price is going up, I think, just after January 12th. They're extending that now. It's about 210 bucks. It's going up after that. So if uh, you would like to attend and you are anywhere near, I suggest it's going to be another great three days at the Hotel El Dorado. Get your ticket today before it's too late. And for our last story of the day, we're going to cbc.ca, and the headline is, Could Amsterdam's Days as a Cannabis Capital Be Numbered? 
Mayor attempts ban on cannabis sales to tourists as government moves to further regulate iconic coffee shops. On an average night in Amsterdam's De Wallen district, the streets are packed with tourists, often on their worst behavior. We are being confronted with people vomiting, screaming, pissing, pooping, said Arjan Wells, until recently a resident of the district. This part of the city has only one purpose, to please the tourists. Travelers come to De Wallen, better known as the Red Light District, for many reasons. Sex shows, bachelor parties, pub crawls. But one attraction has proved bigger than them all, the city's iconic coffee shops, where legal cannabis has been sold to tourists for decades. A recent survey found roughly half of the city's 20 million annual visitors say visiting a coffee shop is a top reason for traveling to the city, powering an industry worth nearly 1 billion euros, according to one estimate. For Wells and his advocacy group Stop the Git, Stop the Madness, the coffee shops are a problem, contributing to the district's free-for-all party atmosphere. But they don't want to see cannabis banned. Instead, they want Amsterdam to enforce a law known as the I Criterium, which would restrict its sale to local residents only. Despite a petition with hundreds of supporters, a long-debated council and the full backing of the city's mayor and police chief, the initiative failed to pass again this fall due to concerns it could lead to an explosion in the black market. And yet there's no reason to believe the city's era of drug tourism may be coming to an end. Amid a broader trend toward legalization in Europe, the Netherlands is reevaluating its relationship with cannabis and potentially upending the coffee shop industry in the process. Since it was first popularized in the Netherlands by American GIs and jazz musicians, cannabis use has been legally tolerated in the country to some degree since the 1970s. Initially, that tolerance led to a proliferation of coffee shops, more than 500 at one time in Amsterdam alone. In the anarchic heyday of the 1980s, Henry Decker, today the owner of five coffee shops, got his start. A wooden sheet and a few crates, that was the bar, he said. Coffee shops were really hideouts for unemployed people, to rest between fights with the police, so it was quite a rebellious environment. But the 1990s, Dutch attitude shifted in favor of increased policing and the coffee shop industry rapidly professionalized. Today, the type of customer is more mainstream, Decker said. We see young and old from 18 to 88, men and women. But there's a problem. Selling and consuming cannabis is legal in the Netherlands, but growing it or possessing more than half a kilo remains illegal. That makes supplying coffee shops with their products a criminal enterprise known in the Netherlands as the backdoor problem. It's always like this cat-and-mouse game, said Onik Yesen, a cannabis industry insider and founder of Greenmeister, an app which offers reviews of coffee shops and cannabis strains. Dutch cannabis dispensaries are still forced to buy from the black market. According to one influential report from the city of Amsterdam, this legal gap has encouraged connections with organized crime, who find in coffee shops a convenient way to convert black market cash to legal income. There's no faster way to launder money than to have a coffee shop, said Robert Overmeer, an Amsterdam resident and advocate for the I-Criterium. Meanwhile, owners like Decker, who are trying to operate a legal business, take on significant risk. In 2021, he faced criminal charges and lost 45 kilograms of stock for possessing more than the 500-gram legal limit, despite his stores legally selling 10 or 20 kilos a week. Supplying his stores, he said, is like a sort of James Bond operation we have to run every week, involving shady deals in apartment parking lots. 
Getting caught again could mean the forced closure of his stores and 70 employees suddenly out of work. The backdoor problem is a barrier for investors too, Decker says. More and more foreign companies want to buy into the market, but they want to buy the premises, the name, without being involved, he said, because the laws in the Netherlands are not up to their standards. After decades of tolerance, the Dutch government may finally be ready to fully embrace cannabis within the limits of a government program. In 2019, the government laid out the groundwork for what it calls the Controlled Cannabis Supply Chain Experiment, a four-year pilot project involving 10 government-licensed growers who will exclusively supply the coffee shops for 10 mid-sized municipalities. Like in Canada, growers are subjected to rigorous quality tests and legal requirements while facing setup costs that can run into the tens of millions. Unlike in Canada, they may only be permitted to operate for four years if the experiment is wound down as initially planned. It's another kind of step into the link, a bit of a brave move, said Alistair Moore, whose consultancy Hanway Associates works with some of the licensed growers in the Netherlands. There's a huge pressure on those 10 licenses. The experiment got off to a rough start. Delays in selecting the growers, completing the background checks, and producing sufficient stock means it's now expected to begin before 2024. Still, Moore and others see reason for optimism. Ralph Blaise, a founding member of Linsboer, a licensed grower based in Lielstad, said the delays are because the government wants to maximize the chance of success. Unlike Canada, Blaise said, the Dutch government is rolling out legalization slowly in select markets to encourage a diversity of suppliers with a guaranteed market for their products. They're not the fastest one, the Dutch government, but they do it really rock solid, he said. The Netherlands is not alone in reimagining its relationship with cannabis. Germany, Czech Republic, Switzerland, and Luxembourg are all on the pathway to legalization or moving forward with their own pilot projects for legal supply. Malta fully legalized cannabis last year. For cannabis industry insiders like Moore, it's a sign that the consensus has changed in Europe and that this is not something we can police away. This is not something we can ignore. And there, a different perspective on the cannabis legalization world changing all around the world. Canada some questioning whether we did it a little too fast, and some perhaps think that the Dutch may be moving a little too slow. And let me give a shout-out to Gord. Gord sent me a comment to info at cannabispodcast.com. Appreciate the comments. Appreciate your support, Gord. Thanks for being along for the ride. If you would ever like to comment yourself, remember info at cannabispodcast.com. And if you would like to support the podcast even further, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash cannabis podcast. And if you like what you hear and you feel so inclined, you can buy me a doobie. That's it for episode 114 of the Cannabis Podcast. From the Cannabis Infused Studio, high above the Okanagan Valley, this was the Cannabis Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Cannabis Health Radio is a podcast about stories from people around the world who have used cannabis to deal with serious ailments, many of them life-threatening. My name is Ian Jessup. My co-host, Corey Yelland, is no stranger to the devastating emotional impact faced by so many people receiving a death sentence diagnosis from a doctor. Told she only had months to live with anal canal cancer, Corey researched and immediately began using cannabis oil 
to eliminate her cancer and has been cancer-free for more than a decade. She told herself that if it worked, she would spend the rest of her life helping others, which she does tirelessly every day. When you listen to our podcast, you'll hear many stories like Corey's, along with others who have used cannabis oil for many more ailments besides cancer, such as chronic pain, PTSD, MS, and many, many more. As one of our guests said, your podcast gave me the confidence to save my own life. We regularly get messages from listeners who have heard our podcast and use cannabis to solve a serious health issue of their own or that of a loved one. We hope you listen to these stories and be as inspired and moved as we are with each and every episode.